Stop me if you've heard this one before. The handsome himbo strikes again. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. It's, I didn't know I was being joined by Zoe Hamilton on this episode. What can I say? I can I can make I can make hay with being two recording people at once. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to Motorsport 101. I am your friendly neighborhood host, Dre Harrison, and uh, welcome to episode 447. And in this edition, we're going to be talking Detroit's Grand Prix, the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix, which of course was won by a Honda. Whoops. <laughs> This is not the brand synergy we were looking for. <laughs> this was not the plan. <laughs> like like of a lot of things this season for a lot of people in the field. Um, <laughs> this was not the plan. Uh, joining me, as ever, on this show is Cam Buckley. Hello, Cam. How's it going, mate? Uh, it's going all right. You know, um, you know, as a member of the uh, Romain Grosjean fan club, mm. it hurts. It hurts a lot. Everything hurts, even. Oh, and we we were mad cynical when that crash happened, when he pinned the inside of, of the wall at the chicane and then hit the outside wall afterwards, thinking, oh, well, Grosjean's fucked it, basically. And then he has a full-scale breakdown behind the wheel of his car because he's probably out of major contention for the championship now, really, at this point. Um, and it's the fourth DNF he's had in seven races this year. I mean, okay, technically it's free because technically he finished at Texas, but didn't really. Um, but yeah, it turns out he was having a suspension failure even before he got to that chicane. So uh, Grosjean, we, we apologize for some insincere things that were said on our Discord server as we were watching this race. Hmm. It doesn't make it better, does it? Not really. It's, like he's had so much pace this year, and it just it goes to waste every time. Jason sums up in our chat quite well. Mans has got two second places, and he's eleventh in the standings. And both of those could have very well been wins. It's it's been a rocky year because like we've roasted Andretti a lot on this show over the last few years. They have stepped up as a team. I think on paper they have on gen- pace absolutely. They have genuinely stepped up and been one of the stronger teams in the field again this season, but the results just don't translate. It's horrible in that sense. Like Kyle Kirkwood could have had an Indy 500 by now to go alongside the win he had at Long Beach. Herter has probably driven better than his results indicate. Grosjean should have had a title campaign at least going through halfway through the season right now, and Devlin exists. Yeah, Devlin D. Francesco really uh, just... Was just there. We can confirm that he is a driver in the IndyCar series. We can't confirm much else. Yes. We'll be talking all about the Detroit Grand Prix over the next 45 minutes or so, and beyond, actually, a little bit, because we've had some breaking news come through in the last 30 hours or so um, about a big driver change at Ed Carpenter Racing. Connor Daly is gone. Um, to the surprise of everyone who doesn't listen to his podcast on Dale Jr.'s network. Ding! Um, yeah. More on that later. Um, but it's... It, it's uh, we'll, we'll talk a bit about Detroit because uh, Alex Polo has won again. 
Like this, this is getting silly now at this point. Um, like the tear he has been on from the indie road course until now has been outrageous. Um, and yeah, Poland the win. He led seventy four laps of this race. We'll get into that a little bit more than nitty gritty about that in a minute. But uh, Alex Polo was him again. Um, he's now two thirds of the way towards a, a one million dollar bonus too. That's worth mentioning. If you get, if if Polo can win at Iowa or Gateway, <laughs> it'll be a million it's a bucks. Sweet million. Yeah, he'll be a million bucks richer, um, which will be fun. So we'll get into that. We'll talk a bit about McLaren because uh, they're a hot mess. What a surprise that the McLaren are a hot mess. Um, and, of course, more on the breaking news that Connor Daly is gone and Captain America will be filling in at ECR, at least for Road America, next weekend. So more on that over the next five minutes or so. Go on, Cam. We can cut this out afterwards because it's unrelated, but Eduardo Freitas just dropped the quote of the year. What did he say? Since some drivers don't know the difference between right and left, the best solution is a red flag. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love Eduardo Freitas. Man's just completely fucking no nonsense. I love it. It's just, just beautiful, beautiful sarcasm. <laughs> sarcasm and deadpan humor like we need to get him on a podcast one day that, that's that's genius oh, that would be a fun conversation it would be a very fun conversation. how was your time as f1 race director um <laughs> and then he just, he, he just quits the call <laughs> might just keep that in actually well I'll, I'll see how i feel once to get to the editing booth um but uh yeah, so yeah, very, very busy show to get through here. Places you can find us, I'll keep this quick. Uh, at Dre underscore WTF1, at Buckley 917 on Twitter, at Motorsport underscore 101 if you want to follow the show on Twitter. Instagram is Motorsport101pod. Website is Motorsport101.com. Bonus thoughts on this race and the Spanish Grand Prix in F1 is over there if you want to listen to that as well. And if you really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash motorsport 101 cam at least it's not detroit right <sighs> still cleveland <laughs> more uh, of detroit right no. after this <laughs> no nothing to do with cleveland thankfully He's at it again. Alex Pelot would lead 74 of 100 laps around the new Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix. <laughs> a Honda one at Chevy's race. <laughs> In the it. shadow of the Renaissance Center, GM's headquarters. Oh, yeah. Nice big <laughs> fuck you right there. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. To take his second win of the season and his first ever on a street circuit ahead of Will Power in second. And hey, it's driver for hire, our friend than yours, Felix Rosenquest in third for McLaren. He was as much as a second a lap faster than the competition at times and had to handle six different restarts where he's a sitting duck into the turn three hairpin and led through five of them. 
what is this run of form for Motorsport 101's handsome himbo? It says in this notes here. <laughs> um, he's Scott Dixon 2.0. He's Dario Scott, too. He's, he's Dario too. I mean, Alex Pillow has been doing this, and he hasn't always had the car underneath him. Well, three races in a row, Ganassi's come out of the gates firing, and he has delivered. Um, I wasn't able to deliver fully on the 500 promise again, Renus VK. Um, (laughs) but he's just out. Even when you throw adversity at him, he is so collected and we are going to get into the contrast between him and another former title contender later in this episode. Ooh, that's a bold statement. And give if that's about who I think you're talking about. <laughs> Ooh, it probably is. Yeah, probably. Polo is just he's just so bulletproof under pressure. Um and he's always able to kind of keep his nose clean and be able to fight another day without being a pushover. He strikes that balance really, really well. It's it's funny um, because he I mentioned in, in the set list that he had to handle six restarts or six green flag moments where he, like you probably don't want to lead into turn one on this track. No, it's a long, long straight. 0. 0.7 um, of a mile. That 0. 0.7 Jefferson of Avenue. a mile between the push to pass and between the, oh, the, uh, the slipstream, the car behind, if you were able to get a good restart and stick with the leader, you could be alongside into turn one. Uh, whether you could get by cleanly is entirely another matter. Um, and he was able to hold his nerve through most of them. The one that he didn't, Will Power bonsai him on the brakes, and he just got him back. And to be fair, like it was also partly because Pillow had Pillow's gearbox flickered, it glitched and put it him in emergency mode. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't on Pillow. It was. A, it was a technical problem. His his gearbox glitched and put him in emergency mode. Um, yeah, which uh, for those who don't know, in Indy, in IndyCar means you have to uh, you have to blip the throttle manually. Mm. You, you more or less have to uh, clutch and blip as if you would on say like a shifter cart. Yeah, exactly. Hinchcliffe did a brilliant job explaining that for those who I, I didn't know that was even a thing until he explained it during the race itself. Um, God, IndyCar's commentary would be so perfect if we just swapped out Townsend Bell for Charlie Kimball. Just swap them out. Problem solved. <laughs> and, and ban Hinchcliffe from commenting about Alexander Rossi. He stopped. To be fair, he has stopped doing that now. Like, I, I, yeah, I hope someone talked on his colleague, be like, dude, enough. Yeah, like, because I think he, like, ever since like Texas, he stopped doing that now, and he's just generally been excellent since. Um, yeah. Um, but Alex Polo is, he is everything you could ask in a guy. It's like, go win me a title. He is everything you could want. He is consistent. He is cool-headed, and he is fast. The speed has, was never yeah. the question. He has one finish outside of the top five this year. He's bomb-proof. <laughs> Eight for St. Pete, not dropped out of the top five since the opening round. Third, fifth, again, third in Texas, fifth at Long Beach, fifth in Alabama, you know, won the Indianapolis Grand Prix on the road course, was fourth in Indianapolis from pole, and then basically <coughs> had every bonus point available to him in Detroit there. The only thing missing was a Grand Slam, which is virtually impossible in IndyCar because... By the nature. Way, 
by, by, by the way pit cycles work out and whatnot and people going off sequence there's incentive to lead laps in in IndyCar that there isn't in Formula One, which makes Grand Slams virtually impossible. But uh, he has yeah, been I mean, incredible. Nothing short of bonkers. How, what this, this current form? You said by design, like by design, this is not re- like IndyCar is not meant to be dominated like this, and he no. is. It's because of the nature of the series, because you've got ostensibly equal equipment. You know, it's really not. Um, but because you've got one chassis and two engine suppliers, it's meant to be hard to dominate. And oh, by the way, he's curb stomping Scott Dixon. <laughs> Scott Dixon, one of the like one Who of the won, great... didn't have a bad day on Sunday. No, was fourth. You know that that was a classic Scott Dixon weekend. Again, Dixon would be <clears throat> like the thing is right. I'm starting to think that Dixon hasn't got the ultimate speed to win races consistently anymore. But, but, but the thing is, he's still not finished lower than seventh outside of Long Beach. But he's not he's not finished a race higher than third this year either. It's almost like it's almost like a combo of like it's all of Ganassi. Ganassi's consistency with all of their full time drivers is keeping them all keeping them all afloat in the title or in the case of Pelot, he's driving off into the distance. One, two, and four at the moment. The Chip Ganassi in the just, championship. Just the consistency of Ganassi's excellence in the series is again something that by design is not really meant to be possible. Right. And yet they achieve it time and time again. And nowhere nowhere do you have a greater example of that than Pelot, who can couple the racecraft and the raw speed with the consistency. It's incredible. Like the top <clears throat> two in the championship right now, Alex Polo and Marcus Ericsson have one thing in common. They're the only two guys in the field that have finished every race this year in the top 10. Marcus Ericsson, despite a God awful Sunday, still got a top 10. It's like Marcus was off sequence. He was told, can you go 42 laps on a 33 Ooh. lap car? The answer was no, but God bless him, he tried, and he came up, and he still ended up ninth in the end because Marcus Ericsson refuses to finish outside of the top 10. <laughs> He's just that decent. Like the, 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 He is the best floor guy in IndyCar at the moment, not named Dixon. Like It is incredible. And look, even Marcus Armstrong, even Mark, who's he's, he's part solid. Like, he's, like his five results so far this year, 11th, 8th, 11th, 15th, and 8th. That's, that's a fantastic that start. It's a great start for a rookie in IndyCar. Like, if that was Lungard, we'd be we'd be blushing right now about how good that is. It's just Marcus Armstrong's is unfortunately at the moment. I think I think if I think if you got any top tens out of RLL right now, they'd bite your arm off for it. Right, right. Like they it's like, are they're garbage on ovals and they're garbage on road courses. Yeah, um, yeah Graham um, Ray yeah. Hall, Oof. bro. Oh. It's like Graham. Like, I literally said on as I was watching the race, like I said, to Graham, is everything okay at home? Like, do you need a hug? It feels like you could need of a hug. You know what's bad when someone crashes and you think there's no way that wasn't mechanical, right? But actually, it wasn't mechanical. He just skill issued it into the he, wall he on cold it. tires. According to IndyCar's favorite instigator, Jenna Fryer, there have been multiple sackings in the RLR camp today, including Graham's crew chief. I'm not 
I don't know if that's the right solution, but I can't say I'm shocked. Um, but yeah, I mean, can't really say any more about Pelot. He is running away with the title right now. 51 point lead up at the front, which in IndyCar, given his consistency so far, it's a race. And given his consistency so far, as long as it's in his hands, it's hard to see him dropping 51 from here when there's no consistent second challenger. No. Marcus is the best you've got, and I'm not sure Marcus has enough. He doesn't of a have ceiling. below his upside. He no. has he has the floor. He's always had the floor by Marcus Erickson. He is the highest floor guy, arguably, in the whole sport. But he's not someone who's gonna go out and win you two out of three. Could have been better had Pelos five hundred knock on upside down. It's 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 the old NFL running back phrase. It's like if you need me if you need if you need me to get you a yard, I'll get you free. If you want me to get you five yards, I'll get you free. That's what Marcus Erickson is. Blow <laughs> will get you the touchdown. Oh, oh right yeah. Now. He 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 will burst through the line like Adrian Peterson. Like that's what that's what Polo is doing right now. This is a startling, scary run of form from Polo at the moment. He is virtually impervious at the moment. He's doing everything you would need to run the house on this championship. He's the best driver in the sport right now. He's the best driver go, in the world, not named Max, in my opinion. I, I I'd go with that on the IndyCar side. I think he's I think he's the best driver in IndyCar right now. I think the only real flaw with Alex Pelot right now is that he isn't sticking around. And given the bomb-proof consistency of Ganassi and the contrast with the next team that we are about to talk about. I really question the thinking behind it from an IndyCar side. Again, I've said it enough times on this podcast. Y'all are sick of it by now. But you're leaving Ganassi. It's hard. Like The better he drives, it's, it's harder and harder to ignore that he is walking away from the best team in the sport right now. Like, if anything, you look at the scenario right now, Penske's regressed a little bit this year. Newgarden is doing what he always does. He's in the mix, but he's 70 points back now. But Newgarden has not fought for a win on a road course, which is really weird to think about. Like His when road the last- course form has been poor. He's not finished in the top six on a road course this season. He's not contended for a win. He's not even looked like contending for a win, and this is a driver who usually after Indy, thrives under the championship pressure. And I mean, Joseph Newgarden has multiple championships in this fight for a reason. You see, now you wish it was double points, Penske. We called it. We called it in the the uh, the preseason show. For Newgarden, it might be a do or die around next time out because he won at Road America last year. That was a fantastic performance, right? He just pretty much led Road America from start to finish. And even Uh, Scotty, like he, he started off this year on fire on the road courses and is really kind of flamed out yeah like mclaughlin and power have just <coughs> not been able to to free podiums between mclaughlin and power all season doesn't seem quite right to me like it's yeah, and, and power had power had he had a fight he had the fight with polo but he did not have the speed i mean polo dropped him like a bag of dirt on the final sequence of stops it's weird because it's like power was brilliant if you ignore Alex Pelot's performance, 
<laughs> like, yeah, he drove through the field. He was a couple bonsai breaking maneuvers that were perfectly judged. Yeah. Um, which is more than I can say for about the other half of this grid because IndyCar driving standards. Oof, more on that later. <sighs> God. It's a weird superb. Hmm. But no one can do what Polo is doing week in, week out, regardless of track, regardless of the car underneath him. It's we. I, I'd say we are. I mean, Road America is going to be a critical round for a lot of people. Marcus, like I mentioned before, New Garden won here last year. He's at minus seventy. Marcus Erickson was second here last year. He's minus. He's minus fifty one. Marcus needs another second place to to even make it interesting. Assuming Pelot's not going to win this one too, and that's the problem is that Pelot could very well win another race. And, and and there it is. Like Road America is going to be the race where either people get back into this championship, or this championship gets blown gets blown wide open by Polo. Yeah, it's it's looking like that. Polo is looking virtually impervious at the moment. On the opposite end of the scale, let's talk about McLaren. And oh god, um, all right, get your hazmat suits on because it is toxic in this bitch. This is a mess. It was a messy weekend for McLaren. Pato Award was already running towards the back of the field after a botched pit stop led to a loose rear tire. Once he got going again, he was on the brink of going a lap down when he panicked, missed his breaking point, and clattered the outside wall of the final corner, ending his race. At the front, Felix Rosenquest nearly ran teammate Alex Rossi into the outside wall hard in an intense fight for third. Oh, he did. He well, did. There was contact. He, he hit that the That was wall. contact. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I played it down in the, in the actual notes I've got written here. But yeah, it was, it was an intense fight for third that the Swede would eventually win. Rossi said, <clears throat> we'll discuss it internally with the biggest side-eye glance you could imagine from a man who is not totally not known in IndyCar for his anger. What is going on with McLaren? I mean, we got to talk. Well, let's talk Pato first here, Cam. And I, I, I can kind of lay out the platform here. This is the third race in four that he has gone for a do or die maneuver and crashed out of the race. Yeah, third out of five because uh, you got to go back a little bit for for Long Beach, but um, like it's. Like once, yes. yeah, like once Brain, my like memory once, works yeah, good. Yeah, like once is a coincidence. Twice is a pattern. Three is a problem. And yeah, and and it's it was the same one again. It was uh, it it was the same one as as was it Long Beach? Yeah, it it, it was Long Beach where he just me, he fired yeah. it up the inside. Yeah. Uh, no, ch- I mean, he sent it up the inside of Santino Ferrucci and Ferrucci just got out of the way. Like, <laughs> I'll let you have that accident on your own. Right. And just went flying off into the wall. And <sighs> he is the exact opposite right now of Pelot's headspace, where it feels like Pato, when something goes wrong, just goes into bonsai mode. He goes into... Mark Marquez 2018 Argentina mode where he just overdrives and he just oversteps it into the wall. He these his post race interview struck me as a man who knew he effed up and panicked. 
that's what it came across like to me because I didn't even realize this until the accident happened. They disable your push to pass if you're about to go a lap down. I didn't even know that was a thing in IndyCar until this race. So he was clearly panicking, thinking, shit, Polo is right behind me. If I go a lap down, this race is basically over for us. Um, and panicked. He, he, he was clearly desperate, knowing that Polo was... Desperation. was yeah, it was a desperation heave. And and this has been the third example of big desperation. I mean, he was lucky to get away with basically just blasting Scott Dixon off the road in Long Beach, and he didn't get away with it the next time when he did end up crashing himself out of the race. He did a desperation lunge with time on the clock, seven laps to go in the Indy 500. He had a golden chance to win that race. He had the car, he had the ability, and he threw it away um, on a pass that he did not need to make. Look, the final, the, the pass to win that race occurred on the final lap of the race, as it so often does in the 500. That's the nature of the 500 in this era. Um, and he, he flew too close to the sun, he pushed too hard too soon and crashed himself out. And then this one, it, it was a move. As soon as you see him go for it, you know, he's not making the corner. No, no chance. Um, and it leaves him 83 points out of the title. He was, his results that haven't been crashes have been fighting for the win and second places. Three of them. Second to St. Pete, second to Texas, second at the, at the Indy Road Course race. How are the rest of his results? Uh, <laughs> 17th, 4th in Alabama, and 24th at the Indy 500, and then 26th in Detroit three crashes in a fourth place not good enough not really good enough and we've talked about this kind of at length in the lead up to this show that you are no longer schmidt peterson you are no longer the plucky underdogs you have made a gargantuan investment in this series they just actually news came out in this past week they've bought what is soon to be andretti's old facility they are going to have a full-blown dedicated indianapolis facility for this series. 59,000 square feet. That ain't no small place. Look, and, and look at what Andretti is, at least in a historic context to this series. Look at the fact that they're debating expanding to four cars that they've won out. They've got Alexander Rossi. Pato Award is one of the most talented drivers on planet Earth right now. I'd extend that beyond the IndyCar series. Your floor is Felix Rosenquist, who was really good on Sunday. This is not championship winning behavior. No. And and I'll back it to I'll we'll go back to Polo and the way he kind of approaches the problem of a bad race weekend. Look at what happened in Indianapolis. Polo's race is destroyed. They have to bring, wheel him back. They need to repair his car. He's down in the pack. What did Alex Polo do? He knuckled down and went to work. And he got a fourth place finish out of it. Anytime you see, and Scott Dixon has won championships with abandon by doing that. Just look, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Knuckle down and get to work and you might get something out of it. He was a caution away from at least getting back into a position where he can go take some points back. Instead, he fired it up the inside and into the wall. It's unacceptable. That's not, it's not going to win you a title. Yeah, it's it's like 
yeah, Pato is now, should, like, in my opinion, he should be looked at through the lens as championship contender. He's one of the most popular drivers in the sport. And he's, that isn't, I'd argue. And, that, and that's not empty calories. No. He's done that by being who he is on track. Yes, he is aggressive. Yes, he is box office to watch. Yes, he's disgustingly charming and likable outside of the car. Like, and we all know, I've said it before about Checo. If the Mexicans get behind you, you'll see them at every round. They oh, are, yeah. them motherfuckers be loyal. Like, <laughs> they flashed it actually right before his crash to a little section of the grandstand that had people wearing pado paint on their chests. So he him. has the support. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. He now needs to be looked at in the lens of leading McLaren's charge to the top of this series. And you are up against people like Alex Pillow and Scott Dixon and Will Power and Joseph Newgarden who are going to point you to death. Yeah, death, death in, by in a the context. <laughs> in the, and they've won championships. They've all won championships by doing that. Scott Dixon has quite a few. Um, few that people would argue, oh, well, he didn't do anything spectacular. You don't need to be spectacular to win a title in IndyCar. No. You seem to go out there and do your job. Alex Pillow's title was one of three wins out of 17 races that season. If you can win and three a high times. Floor. Yeah, have a high floor. If you can win two or three rounds. Look, Power just won a championship with one <coughs> win. One. Just by being the ultimate floor guy. And now you've got Pato. And I I love how it's played out since then as, oh, sometimes you make it into the, sometimes you make it out of the corner, sometimes you don't. Next time I'll make sure that he comes with me. Well, Santino bailed out of the way and let you crash all on your own. And he had enough, he had his own incidents to answer for in that race. If you are being too aggressive to the point where Santino Ferrucci backs out of the corner and lets you have your own accident, you probably need to tone it the fuck down. He needs to look at Polo and look at look at Polo, look at New Garden, look at Power. These are the people that are proven winners in They're this the series. They're the for success in this series. Yeah, you don't need like you. You're not going to win a championship by Hail Mary dive bombs every single time. It's by finishing the bad weekends in sixth. It's 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 maximizing your opportunities when they do land your what way. What do we say about Francesco Bagnaia on this, on this uh, network? He's, he's you, a winner or been a rider. And Pato is a winner or been a driver. And in IndyCar, your floor can, you can't have a ceiling of second places and wins and a floor of DNFing three out of five rounds. You will not win a title that way. You're not going to lead the charge for your team that way. Look, last year is another walking example of this. Will Powell won the Aster Cup with one win compared to Joseph Newgarden, who had five that season. What won it for Powell was the fact his average finish was <coughs> less than six. <laughs> like, that's be- that, the willpower was that fucking good. He didn't give an opponent a chance to breathe. He was always in your face, putting you under constant championship pressure. And in the end, Marcus Ericsson buckled right at the end because Ericsson was the number one contender down the stretch for that, for that title last year. And he's the opposite side of the equation where he is all high floor, but he lacks that ceiling to punch up above his weight and get those th- two or three wins that are going to push him over the edge. 
Panama is not that guy, and McLaren are not that team yet. I'm sorry, they're just they're just not there. I, I I think on pace they are. I think if anything, it's the drivers that are letting them down on this case because I mean you also have you have Felix Rosenquist who hip checked Alex Rossi right into the wall. I mean, he's driving for his job, and in general, the driving standards were pretty fucking abhorrent. They were on bad. Sunday. I think I think Detroit, I think they just about got away with it. I think we were one restart away from me going, oh fuck this race. Like we, we it was Nashville without the red flags because we didn't have track blocking incidents. Right. What we did have was people going for dive bombs that they had no chance. You had people blocking down the straights. You had Pado's incident which, again, was perhaps the dumbest of the lot. Connor Mylot mounted Carl Kirkwood's rear 15 seconds into that race. Kirkwood went on to get a nice points haul. <laughs> Rule 34, uh, no exceptions. Um, <laughs> nose down, gearbox up. Um, just in general, it, and if you are McLaren... Because you've put together, you have three pretty box office drivers, and you have the fourth who's going to be as box office as any of them put together. You already are kind of, you, you've already got dissent in your team if you've got Rossi going, being hip checked into the wall for what was it, third place at the time? Yeah, well, there was a fight for what was ultimately third. Um, talking about discussing it internally. And I think that Rossi does have a bit to, he has reason to be aggrieved. And this is a guy who practically popularized the modern IndyCar hip check. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> glad you said it. I'm just, like, um, Alex it, Rossi it, has gotten away with murder more times than I can count in this series. And for some reason, him being the enigmatic asshole has, has led him to get away with it. I find it startling. Like no one in IndyCar has gotten away with more reputation-wise. But now than everyone Alex is. Yeah. And I said it at the time because Discord our, our Discord call when we're sitting and watching races is we're letting things go. We're letting blocks go and we're letting hip checks go. And I just set up and say, are these moves okay because they're okay? Or are they okay because the driving standards in IndyCar are so poor these days that we're becoming desensitized to it? Dixon nudged Power to the point he was airborne, and then Power more or less retaliated with a dive bomb on Dixon that was a carbon copy of the one that put Herter in the wall in St. Petersburg. Yeah, I don't it like was a that. retaliation dive bomb. It's a, I'm going to send it up the inside. If you have an accident, that's on you. Right kind of pass and wrong dixon did bounce him he did no no, no power, question power had reason to be pissed but i don't like the notion of open wheel racing cars and retaliatory moves in them on any kind of racetrack as zoe quite rightly puts in the chat will did say overtake on the hairpin should be punished by murder he did say <laughs> that so fair enough <laughs> but puts his hand up and says hey i, I wouldn't have been happy with it it's like, listen, I tried to tell you. It, 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 I, you can't say I didn't warn you, etc. But no, oh like it's it, it's the second time Power's pretty much admitted he's retaliated on a driver wheel to wheel. I don't like that 
at all because he did this if last. car stewards don't punish it, then they're going to keep getting away with it. Yeah, it's like because he did the same thing that look, look, we're not exactly jumping up and down for him on this show, but he did the exact same thing to Devlin D. Francesco at Road America last year and got away with it, which is bang yeah. out of order. Look, crashed like, him out of the race. Yeah, it was, and no, no punishment was given because the stewards for some reason have this almost NASCAR-esque boys have at it attitude when you it comes do, to race let me, let me cut that shit off right at the pass. You can't do boys have at in open wheel cars. No. At some point, it doesn't matter how safe these cars are, at some point someone is going to have a monumental crash and we're going to look back and ask how we got here and it as to to crib a quote from you earlier, it was death by a thousand cuts, letting a thousand smaller incidents get by. Right, and I I don't know why IndyCar is so afraid of punishing people, but yet they absolutely they clapped Canapino for blocking on the main straight with a with a position drop. Why aren't they do Why aren't they doing that more often for racing incidents on track? For an incident that, I mean, I saw it at the time and got called crazy by half the Discord, and I knew that I saw it, but I don't know if I'd even penalize them for it. I mean, it it was a block. I don't know if it was worth a position drop. I don't think so. I don't so know either. if I would have penalized them for I, it. I think, I think it was marginal at best. I, no, I'd, I'd put that in the bracket of no real harm done, let it go. Um, and Until heard his wing collapsed later in the race and he was driving with half a front wing and making it around the corners. How did that go, how did, how did that go missing? Um, who's to say? <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but no, it's it's... IndyCar has the license to be able to. Do this. I'll give you. I'll give you a walk-in example. I was watching the the Indy Next races as well. <coughs> During one of those races, I think it was race two. Jacob Axel drives right into the side pod of Reese Gold. During race two of of Indy Next, they review the incident and then they say no further action for a dive bomb that had contact and hit another driver in the side pod. No further action. What are these? Like, what are these stewards even here for? Then at this point, like, what's it? What is a penalty in IndyCar? I don't know. Knock wappy. No one knows what a penalty is. Again, I, I cannot, I cannot stress this enough. Put Niels Wittich, Freddie Spencer, and Novak in a room with a beehive, kick it, and have the last man come out when they figure out how to actually steward these races properly. It's getting silly. Like, Detroit just about got away with it, but it could have been another Nashville-esque shit show. We were very lucky it didn't quite get to that level of stupidity. The only thing that prevented such a thing is that the architecture of this track doesn't really allow for you to block the entire circuit with minor incidents. Right. Which is more, it's less me praising this track layout and more me shitting on Nashville's because it's an awful track. It's it only is, redeeming factor is a bridge. But it's a great bridge, dude. I never mention it. I feel like it's underrated. <laughs> <coughs> no, it's it's I, I completely agree. I, I, I feel like they they have gotten away with it multiple times over in, in, in this series. And look, like I said, I gave it an eight out of ten when I reviewed Detroit. I thought it was a very good race in general, and it was probably better than this layout deserved, quite frankly. Because I think the layout stinks. 
<laughs> we're very far apart on this. I just want you to know that. I'm I, I'm okay for once that we don't actually agree on everything. I think it's boring. I would give this like to... uh, there's like there's like barely scraping a five for me. But I I enjoyed the drama of it to a degree. It didn't quite reach shit show levels. It it was close. It was very close. Like I said, I think the series just about got away with it on this one. But hopefully if they run it, they, they need to repave the track first. Repave the streets. That would certainly help. I say the bumps were destroying parts of the cars. I mean, we gave him a lot of shit for it because it looked like he Verstappened himself. Uh not not in a good sense for stapping himself right um on the inside wall of one of the corners but it turns out Grosjean's rear suspension was already failing before he yeah. got there and just speared him off into the wall just a just a bad beat really more than anything else um yeah just not ideal for Grosjean at all so that pretty much covers Detroit, but there was a big breaking news story well we're recording this on Thursday night before disclosure say yesterday. Out of nowhere, in the middle of the afternoon, we get word from Racer.com that uh, Connor Daly was sacked from Ed Carpenter Racing. Seemingly out of nowhere, um, that, yeah, Daly's gone. Effective immediately, he's he's done. Um, Ryan Hunter-Ray is going to be taking his seat in the short term. No longer Captain America. We will now term him as Captain Crypto. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. You don't deserve to die in such a cold, lonely place. <laughs> um, Man, there is... In the aftermath of this, we've heard a bunch of stuff come out as to perhaps the why of it. Um, From what know. I've been told... Daly has been running his mouth and bitching a lot about the team and some of the sponsors for some time now. Is what I've been told off the record by people in the know. I've had fans of the show that have come up to me and said, Dre, do you listen to Speed Street, his podcast with Dale on because those who don't know on Dirty Mo Media with uh, Dale yeah, Jr.'s Dale media Jr.'s network. podcast network. Yeah. And um he's got a show on there and he is ranted and raved about the onboard being taken off his car about pit stops not going his way he's vented his spleen about the team a lot in 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 recent times and he's he's gotten himself in trouble with chevy yeah talking about data on the sim he's you know there's a certain element when you're a racing driver any professional athlete of um shutting the fuck up and being a good political boy. Um, and it looks like he has failed to do so. And he's finally gotten the wrong people to stand up and say that they've had enough. I mean, if you read Ed Carpenter's racing statement on the matter, they, he does seem to imply that it's more performance related and well, uh, well that's the other thing as well dre mm. you can run your mouth if you're winning races you can uh like, a little bit i mean we, we see max do it on a weekly basis at this point yeah. uh over an f1 but if you're 15th to 20th every weekend and you're running your mouth 
you have a much, much shorter leash. And yeah, look, people are going to backlash against this because Connor Daly has been the series' favorite golden retriever underdog story for quite some time. He's had to fight and scratch and claw to get an IndyCar seat full-time over the years. I think Ed Carpenter was the ninth different team he's driven for in his IndyCar career. Um, Uh, We talked about it kind of, I can't remember if it was last year or earlier this year, as this kind of being like really the last throw of the dice for him in IndyCar with a team that, you know, might potentially get up the grid. It's true. And the thing is, is that, Daly's not a young man anymore. He's now 30 years of age. Mm-hmm. Like, he's now middle of the road in IndyCar terms. He's been around the block a few times. I said in my preseason preview earlier this year with Daly, is this it? You know, like, is, is, is this all you've got as an IndyCar driver? And it feels like it is. There's no, and look, don't get me wrong. If you're, if you're talking about this purely from a performance standpoint, Nothing about Ed Carpenter has shined for a long, long time. Dre, we talked about this earlier today before the show. How many drivers have they had in the top 10 in points in IndyCar in their entire time in the sport? Scaling back to 2012, I can tell you it's one. It was Joseph Newgarden the year before he joined Penske. He was fourth in the championship that year. Oh, he didn't turn out to do much. Uh Uh-oh. Uh, only oh, he the, just won an Indy 500. Oh, yeah, probably, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably the best <laughs> driver in the sport post-integration. Okay. Um, you know, um, like... Yeah. I mean, he and really Renus now... I'll, I'll drop the Renus VK uh, murder bit for a minute. Um, Renus has been the only positive thing about this team from a performance perspective for a while now. Renus VK is the second best driver in ECR's history already. And if you're thinking Without he, actually yeah. doing a whole lot in the results category. Yeah, I, I find all of this weird. I, look, I agree with the murmurs. I think this was marketing bullshit as to why Daly lost his job in the end. I genuinely feel like um, if it... Because if it, it, it performance-wise, he's 20 points behind Renus VK. That's not enough for me to justify sacking Daly alone. Given given the the hype around v, uh, Renus VK as a driver, because memeing aside, he is a great driver. He is a phenomenally quick driver. He's probably going to get picked up by one of the big teams once this contract is up, and he's going to do some shit in this series. I can guarantee that. He is, for um, me, the most talented driver that's not in one of the big mainline teams, the big four, I, agree. I guess you could say. I, I think it's between him and Lungard right now, and look, that's good company. That's yeah, damn him, good company. Lungard, maybe David Malukas, that's about it. Again, damn good company. Yeah. Um, but ECR, just like they, they haven't really been com- – I mean, their, their calling card is always the 500. They're the hometown crew. Ed being right from Uncle uh, Space Guardian Ed, Space Cadet Ed, um, fighting in the front uncle. of the five hundred. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. they haven't had a real presence at the front of the five hundred that's fought at the front of the five hundred since twenty twenty. Right. And they were the only Chevys worth a damn. And even then, as a team, like <clears throat> I, look, I, for what it's worth, I think the Ryan Hunter Sorry, Ray. Yeah, I think the Ryan Hunter Ray replacement 
I still find it head scratching. People came after me on Twitter for mentioning this, and I said, "Look, I get it. You want a stopgap setup guy that might be able to give you some experience." My argument against that is Ryan Hunter Ray has not been a full timer in the sport for a year and a half. And his last full-time season, he was 17th in an Andretti. Hunter Rate is cooked. He was he was spent, basically. Like, the first year of the IR-18, he was solid. That was it. 2019 onwards, he was done. Um, in, in a field of poor Andrettis, he was the poorest Andretti on a given weekend. And I like Ryan Hunter Ray. I think everyone likes Ryan Hunter Ray. He's a good dude. But you have to call a spade a spade. Like, um, how valuable is your information going to be when you've not had any proven <coughs> success with it for half a decade? And even more so in the face of, again, I'm going to say it because we're just looking at the facts. ECR are not a big team in the sport. No. They're ahead of who? Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan, who are cratered right now. Foyt and coin. That's about it. Yeah, the minnows. You know, you're ahead of the you're ahead of the minnows, and that's about as as an established team. You're probably the worst one here, right? Um, on a given weekend. And they've been. I think as well, bringing in a 42 year old Hunter Ray when you've been the development young driver team of the sport for the last decade. What when do you expect guys to do like, with that? Yeah, when you had guys like Jordan King and Spencer Piggott and a slightly younger J.R. Hildebrand. And, um, you know, you, you've been the team that, like, you can't sit here and tell me you need veteran knowledge and experience when your entire magnum opus as a team has been, oh, we're going to develop the next generation of driver and me on the ovals. <laughs> like, because that's what Ed Carpenter Racing has been from day one. So I, I I find the whole thing baffling to me. I find all of this baffling. And, you know, I you could maybe make a case that by the end of the season, you could move on from Daly, given he's not giving you much in in that seat, right? But, but he's not giving you a whole lot less than Rena's VK. 20 points. 20 points. It's not Half much. Half a race. Half a race after, what, six rounds? Seven. Yeah, Seven it's, rounds. It's, it's not much. It's not enough to justify sacking him. If you if you genuinely believe Rena's VK is the is the big ticket, and I think there is every chance he could be. I think if, so. Like Daly's not far enough behind to sack him on performance reasons alone. And as Zoe points out in the chat, the fact that Bit Nile is still there and is sponsoring Hunter A for this race in the actual number twenty. Ed Carpenter racing car says to me that this was an internal dispute. That's, yeah, that's it, led to- it speaks and, and racer has kind of elaborated on this as well. Oh yeah. It, it's more, it's more than um, it's not what the statements say. It's interpersonal disputes within that team. Connor's and Connor's been running, Connor's been running his damn mouth for too long. He's been writing checks that his ass cannot cash. And it, it's kind of the story of Daly's IndyCar career, if I'm being completely honest. Like, like we want to root for him. He is a likable person, and he is a, and he is like he's the hometown hero. And I, I completely get why people like him so much. But, like, 
Daly's not a young driver anymore. He's a like it's the Panama he's not Ward your future. problem. He's not your you, future. He he is not a future for a given team. He's thirty two in December, Cam. I was actually I, I played down his age. He's thirty two in December. Weirdly, that's still middle of the road with IndyCar, but that's just it. It's middle of the road. If you're gonna go, if you are gonna make a play for your future, you're gonna try and grab someone out of Indy Lights. You're gonna try and grab someone out of the the, the bevy of sports car programs that are now running all over the world, or you're gonna try and pick up someone like Arenas VK. They already have one, but you're gonna try and you know pry one of the more promising prospects away from another team. It's, 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 yeah, it's, I, I find the whole thing messy to say the least. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up where, where Carpenter's, Ed Carpenter's statement reads, this is the most difficult decision I've made as a team owner because I respect Connor and know what he means to IndyCar and its fans. Our team has not been performing at the level we are capable of this year. Has it? And despite making technical changes and investments in the offseason, 2023 has been extremely challenging. I've put a great deal of consideration into the current state of our team and realize it is my obligation to our employees, partners, and supporters to do whatever is necessary to elevate our team's competitiveness. We sincerely wish Connor continued success and will cheer him on wherever he goes next. Like you like your corporate speak? Yeah. Like we are pretty adamant back here that it's not for the reasons advertised, is what I would say. And look, like I said, I like Daly. I I, I think he's a good person deep down and I wish him the best. But you've been scrapping around the lower end of IndyCar for almost a decade now, and there's not been an awful lot to speak of when it comes to his career it might be time for another youngster to come in and give it a go. I'm actually stunned they didn't go with Linus Lindquist in that seat. I think that was I think that was his seat written all over it on this one, personally. I wonder uh, if it still is, honestly. Maybe, might be next maybe season. for next year. Yeah, maybe for next year. Um, the, the guy's fast as hell, and you know you don't win in, you, you, you don't fluke any Indie Lights championship at all. Like there's fast people in there every year, year on year. Um, and look at what Kyle Kirkwood's doing right now. Yeah, like you don't fluke that sort of shit. Link Linkfist is quick, and he was screwed by the series itself. And that might be the that might be the way he eventually gets in. Like there there, there are drivers I have far less question marks about their status in the series than Linkfist potentially coming in. Benjamin Peterson, I'm looking at you. Um, but uh, yeah. Good luck to Daly. Um, I, although I fear, given how much he's been around the block, I'm not sure how many chances the man has left. Well, but uh, we'll have to wait well, and see. If you piss off an entire <laughs> engine manufacturer in a series with two, yeah, you're probably not leaving yourself with many opportunities on the board. There's always NASCAR, I suppose. Money team, maybe. Don't, 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 just don't do that. Don't, don't, don't. I, I, I still remember that car bouncing its way around Daytona. I am still scarred by that. IndyCar is back in a week and a half's time at my favorite track on the calendar, Road America. I love this place. It's the best road course in America, in my humble opinion. I love it. Cannot wait. It's my favorite IndyCar race of the year. It's going to uh, be that'll fun. That'll start some flame wars in the comments. 
I don't care. They can fight me. I, I, I don't give a fuck. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's a fantastic race. I look forward to it every year. Can't wait to see how it goes down. Um, and yeah, maybe we'll see how well Hunter A gets along in an ECR after a year and a half on the shelf. I think it's a very much make or break round for a lot of people in this championship this weekend, uh, next weekend. So going to be fascinating to see how that rolls out. Good news, gang. MotoGP's back next week. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Or is it? It's it's Magello this weekend. Like, you know. Uh, Well, uh, for the home run, um, for for the hometown boys, uh, well, one Ducati rider has one shoulder and one has one foot. Yeah. But Banyai is still on one crutch as we speak, and he's going to race this weekend. I think this is the first fully healthy roster besides Paul Espargaro since the opening round. I feel like, which is wild to even say the I least. Say, you know, I woke up. I, I, I don't th- remember if it was this morning or yesterday morning. I wake up, and I just see a slew on my timeline of insert rider here declared fit and i'm just like how many people are hurt like four because miggy needed a check marini needed a check bastini needed a check and banyaya needed a check and they oh were all God. eventually declared fit because they all if you were declared unfit at the previous round it's mandatory that you have to have a rider test on thursday but <coughs> marini's going to be evaluated after fp1 i don't understand how you, you need to have someone ride a MotoGP bike to determine whether they're fit enough to ride a MotoGP bike. Am I, I'm wrong, have, have I lost my mind here? <sighs> MotoGP's back at Magello next week. It'll be nice, straightforward, and I'm sure we'll have at least a race that exists. Hey, maybe some fans will actually turn up for it this time. Who knows? Uh, but uh, we'll see how that gets out. And of course, we will also be reviewing the 24 hours of Le Mans next week as well. Ferrari will be starting on pole. So all Ferrari front row, actually, with them and uh, the 50 and the 51 cars, first and second. But uh, we will see if they can pull off Ferrari's first Le Mans overall win in nearly 60 years. Good luck to them. Uh, good luck to all of them out there this weekend. May them all, may they all get back safely, hopefully. But uh, until next time, I've been Dre Harrison. He's been Cam Buckley. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Sayonara. <laughs>